Hello and welcome to a Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and I just want to welcome you back. Uh, to anyone who's regular listener, welcome anew. If you're new, I am so glad you're here. Thank you for downloading this episode. Thank you for stopping by. Uh, what a joy to have you here. I've prayed for you several times today, and I've prayed that the Lord will give you um, excitement about being in His Word, that He'll give you a hunger and thirst for His Word and for time with Him, that He will give you understanding, and that He'll give you um, that desire to seek Him out because uh, His Word is truth, friends. And oh, how we need truth. In a world that says that there is no absolute truth and everybody can just do their own thing and make their own truth, Oh, that is a lie from the devil himself and from the pits of hell. But the truth is found in God's Word. It is found in God's Word. The sum of God's Word is truth. And uh, so I'm so glad you're here. So glad you're here to uh, spend time. And it's not to listen to me, uh, but to know more of the things of God. So I ask God's blessing on you as you spend this time. And uh, please don't let this be the only time that you think about his word today. Let this just be a jumping off point and uh, an encouragement to dig in more, even after we finish our little episode here today. Because that transformation, uh, that molding and making and refining that he does is spent in this one-on-one time with him, I'm convinced. He, if we slow down in all this busyness of life and really uh, take time to park and to camp out and to listen and to try to understand, oh, friends, he is faithful. He's faithful to give us that understanding and and to teach us the things that we don't know and uh, to open our eyes to more of the treasures in his word and uh, more of those spiritual blessings that uh, Paul talks about when he wrote to the believers at Ephesus. When he said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him. And the way that we learn more of him is just spending time in his word um, and being led by the spirit. Uh, We can just walk with him and learn more of him and know more of him. And oh, friends, uh, it's just such a blessing. I want to remind you to please consider sharing uh, this podcast with any friends or family or co-workers or anyone that you can think of uh, who may find this a blessing, um, not to listen to me, uh, but truly uh, just so that we can dig in to the Word. And um, there's not a lot of fluff here, friends. I mean, I'm I'm not a professional uh, broadcaster, certainly. I make lots of mistakes, uh, but I do desire to uh, just share uh, what God is sharing with me as I'm uh, studying his word and learning his word and uh, just how he's growing me in his word. And there are just so many treasures here and I want to share. I just want to share what he's teaching me 
and in the hopes that um, you will find that same joy and that same excitement in his word. Um, one way other than just sharing uh, by word of mouth is if you are listening to this on an app uh, like Apple Podcast or uh, Google Podcast or uh, Spotify or Amazon Music or uh, all the other podcast apps that there are, um, please consider leaving a review because if there are good reviews, um, it will pop up more frequently for others who may be searching. And as I've told you before, this is free to you. The only thing it costs you is your time to listen. And I know that many of you listen on the go. Some of you listen while you're getting ready for work in the morning. Uh, some of you listen at your table with your Bible open. And um, just however that uh, you can have this time, I thank you for that. And I would just encourage you to share and know that I'd love to hear from you if you have a chance. Um, if you do leave reviews, there you can leave comments, but I probably won't see those because I don't um, have all of those different podcast directories downloaded and uh, really just don't have time to read that. But if you shoot me an email sometime, if there's something you want me to know, uh, please feel free to do that. It's a word for this day at gmail.com and you can find that in the show notes uh, that I have in every episode as well as all the scriptures that we reference so that you can go back and look things up and study for yourself. I would just love it if we could sit around the table and I could see your faces and know who you are. Uh, there's so many that I see that download uh, from certain cities um, almost every day and uh, from different parts of the country. And oh, how I wish we could uh, visit and talk. But for right now, that's not how God has it planned out. And so we'll just continue in this way. Uh, but know that I'm thankful for you and I think of you and remember you often with thanksgiving in my prayers. So our word for the day for May the 14th comes from 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14. And it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this that one has died for all, therefore all have died. Oh, friends, so much here, so much here, and I'm so excited to dig in. We haven't been in Paul's um, letter of Second Corinthians nearly as much as we have been in some of his other letters, so I'm really excited for us to dig in here. You know, we talk about Paul frequently because, as you know, he wrote 13 of the 27 letters or books that are in the New Testament. And so it would make sense that we would talk about him a lot. But as you may recall, he was um, a very zealous Jew. He was a Pharisee. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. And he was actually on his way um, to Damascus to continue to persecute Christians because he, he truly thought they were being blasphemous. And he describes himself as saying, I acted ignorant, ignorantly and in unbelief. He didn't know um, that Jesus truly was the Messiah that he had been looking for, that he had been taught about as he learned all about the Jewish tradition and the law and the prophets. 
<clears throat> but the Lord Jesus, the resurrected Lord Jesus, met him on the Damascus Road and had an encounter with him that just totally changed his uh, the direction of his life. And then Paul became, he used that zeal, that zealousness that the Lord had created in him um, to be a minister of the gospel and a great missionary and to share the gospel, especially with Gentiles or non-Jews. That was mainly where he was sent. But he also shared with his fellow brothers and uh, fellow Jewish uh, people all along the way. In many of the letters we read that he would search out the synagogue in the city or town that he was in first. And often he would teach there until he was run out. <laughs> and then he would go to where uh, people wanted to hear. And so uh, God used him mightily. And I'm just so thankful, so thankful that we have uh, many of these letters and We'll see that in, especially in, I think it's both in First and Second Corinthians, he talked about a severe letter uh, or other letters that were written, and I wish we had copies of those, but we don't. Uh, the Lord uh, knows, God the Father knows why we have this, the canon of Scripture that we do, and I'm just thankful that we do have this written word, and may we not take it for granted because there are our brothers and sisters in Christ around the world who do not have the access that many of us have right now. So um, may we be thankful and um, may we just take the time to to study and and not take it for granted at all, friends. So we know that Paul wrote this letter because in 2 Corinthians 1, 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the church of God that is at Corinth, with all the saints who are in the hall of Achaia, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this is very similar to how Paul wrote many of the letters uh, that we have. He usually opened it up uh, in this way. And we know that Paul uh, was in Corinth for uh, well, for the first time for about 18 months, and then it's thought that he went back there um, maybe for longer, maybe for another year. But we read about this in um, the book of Acts, first beginning in Acts 18, um, verse 1. It says, After this, Paul left Athens and went to Corinth, and he found a Jew named Aquila, a native of Pontius, recently come from Italy with his wife Priscilla, because Claudius had commanded all the Jews to leave Rome, and he went to see them, and because he was of the same trade, he stayed with them and worked, for they were tent makers by trade, and he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and tried to persuade Jews and Greeks. And so later it goes on, it says, um, you know, he was opposed, and they threw him out of town, and... um we read this, it says in uh, 18.9 of Acts, it says, And the Lord said to Paul one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking, and do not be silent, for I am with you. And no one will attack you to harm you, for I have many in this city who are my people. And he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of God among them. And goes on to tell how he was later uh, sent away, and he went to Athens and and continued on some of his journeys, but then he heard that there was immorality and divisions um, in that Corinthian church. And, you know, he'd spent a good long while with them, so he sent them back this letter of 1 Corinthians. And uh, then later, I believe it was that he sent uh, Timothy, and, and he received these disturbing reports of some 
uh, false teachers and false apostles that had risen up and that uh, several of the people were turning uh, to them and then they were also and also these false apostles were assaulting the character of Paul assaulting his intentions and his calling by God and um, so he was in this letter this is a very personal letter this letter of second Corinthians because he's defending himself as doing just what the Lord had asked him to do but uh, when we read in second um, Corinthians chapter 11 verse uh, 13 Paul describes some of these false teachers and uh, false prophets he says um, oh well actually backing up in 12 he's defending himself and then describing them he says um, and what I'm doing I will continue to do in order to undermine the claim of those who would like to claim that in their boasted mission they work on the same terms as we do. And when he's talking about we, I think he means like uh, Timothy and Titus and those who uh, were working so closely with him. And in verse 13, he says, For such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, and these are such strong words, and no wonder for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. So it is no surprise if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness their end will correspond to their deeds so this just wasn't a little bit of a disagreement this was absolute false teaching that these people were doing and that's why it broke Paul's heart and why he was so worried about them and why he needed to write this letter to defend himself and and to exhort them to um continuing the work that they had planned to do part of that was the giving um that we read about in uh, chapters eight and nine and um so paul had a very personal reason a very heartfelt reason uh for this because uh I, I believe as we read Paul's letters, we see that he is brutally honest and he uh, just wants to share the gospel with people and he wants to share the truth and he wants people to know Christ and Christ crucified and uh, to be found in Christ. And so when people were assaulting him, they were assaulting um what Christ had called him to do and while he wasn't so much as worried about um, his bodily afflictions and assaults and we read about that in 2nd Corinthians 5 um, no 11 uh, 24 um, it says five times I received at the hands of the Jews the 40 lashes less one three times I was beaten with rods once I was stoned, three times I was shipwrecked, a night and a day I was adrift at sea, on frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers, in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure, and apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches who is weak and i am not weak who is made to fall and i am not indignant if i must boast i will boast of the things that show my weakness the god and father of the lord jesus who who he who blessed forever knows that i am not lying and i think one of paul's points was why would i have gone through all of that 
uh, to make myself, uh, to, to live for uh, my glory and my boasting, but it's all for the sake of Christ because of what he suffered for me. I think that's what he would probably come back and tell us based on his other letters, and that's what he was trying to get across to this, those uh, Corinthian believers. Now, we do read uh, further in the body of this Second Corinthians letter, and it's 13 chapters. It's a a long read, but it's often helpful if we can read these letters from uh, beginning to end, that many of the believers turned away from the false uh, prophets and false apostles and repented and um, and that they realized that Paul truly was telling them the truth. And so Paul continued to encourage and exhort them. But in our verse for the day, he's um still saying in the in the chapters leading up to our verse for the day in chapter four he's talking about even though we've gone through um all these difficulties we do not lose heart and we read all about that in chapter four where he says uh in chapter four sixteen for we do not lose heart though our outer self is wasting away our inner self is being renewed day by day for this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal and he talks about how if this earthly tent is destroyed we'll be with christ but um he says so in um chapter 5 verse 6 so we are always of good courage we know that while we are at home in the body we are away from the lord for we walk by faith not by sight yes we are of good courage and we would rather be away from the body and, and at home with the lord so whether we are at home or away we make it our aim to please him that was Paul's goal. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. But what, let's see, what we are is known to God, and I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but giving you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. And here's our verse for the day. For the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. That is what compelled them to continue on. That's what controlled them. That um, message of what Christ has done for every single person who was ever born um, is what pushed them along, even though people uh, were... Uh, even though they were afflicted and tortured and had such a hard uh, road to walk, um, that love for people and the desire for them to know Christ and, and to be able to walk with him was what compelled Paul. And that's what he talks about in our verse for the day. And I love this when you look where it says, for the love of Christ controls us. <laughs> 
because we've concluded that the one has died for all, therefore all have died. And when you look up in the Greek, uh, what that word controls means, uh, the Greek transliteration is seneco or seneco, and it means to hold together, to hold fast, to be seized by, um, to be confined, <laughs> uh, to urge or impel or compel, um, Let's see, to be devoted completely, to be gripped by. So it was this love of Christ compels or grips or presses in on us so that there's nothing else that they could do uh, because uh, we have concluded this, that one has died for all. And it wasn't just for the few. You know, we remembered, uh, we read in uh, Romans 5, 8, for while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. Um, and therefore all have died. And he died for all. That those who live might no longer live for themselves. But for him who for their sake died and was raised. And so um, they just had this compelling that uh, because of what Christ had done for them. What Christ had done for Paul uh, who was a murderer and a blasphemer and um, a persecutor of people who followed Christ, but by by grace and mercy and love, he was saved. And so he just wanted to share that he was compelled. And, you know, um, when we look over in First uh, John and we read about this kind of love that we're talking about, I think uh, the gospel writer John did such a good job describing this. And, of course, he was inspired by the Holy Spirit, um, but see, uh, let's see, in First John 3, 1, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God, and so we are. I just love that. And then um, over in, let's see, First uh, John chapter 4, it says, Beloved, let us love, verse 7, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. And uh, in verse nine, in this the love of God was made manifest to uh, made manifest among us, that God sent His only Son into the world, so that we might live through Him. In this is love, not that we have loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation or that appeasement for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And then I love what it says in verse uh, verses 18 and 19 of 1 John chapter 4. It says, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. And that was that compelling, that constraining, that controlling. That's what pushed Paul and the other men along and it's what should uh what should be our driving force uh that we love because he first loved us uh while we were yet still sinners and even before the foundation of the world even before we were even before we had a chance to sin um, God knew we would sin, and so God uh, so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son that whosoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. And um, that should be our driving force as believers, friends, to share this love. And, you know, sometimes, um, and I find myself 
um, my sinful flesh doing this sometimes, I will um, be so frustrated with either somebody I see on TV or read about or even someone that I come in contact with who's just ugly and ugly in their actions mean and unkind and hostile to the gospel or hostile to uh, our Lord Jesus or to God and uh, the fleshly part of me wants to just um, say okay fine get you get what you deserve but what if somebody had thought that about me what if Jesus would have thought that about me you know um, because the scripture says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and there is not one righteous, no, not one, but it's by His grace and mercy and love and uh, forgiveness that that we can be believers and that we can have this eternal life. And so, oh, we should want to share it uh, in whatever way. And it doesn't have to be a big way on an international stage, but just one-on-one, just loving the people that we come in contact with. That's what Jesus did for us. You know, he didn't have to uh, go to the cross for us. He didn't have to humble himself as we read in Philippians chapter 2. Beginning in verse 4 where it says, Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And you know, Jesus humbled himself and took all his punishment and pain and suffering and death um, from the hands of people that he was dying to save. And um, it's just it's just hard for me to wrap my mind around, but that is the love of God. And so we can love because he first loved us. Um, may that love control us, may it constrain us, compel us, um, as we have realized uh, what the Apostle Paul realized what he had come to the conclusion of that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. That's the gospel, friends. He came, he lived a sinless life. He uh, walked on this earth in full bodily form. He was fully human, yet fully God. But he was tortured and crucified. He died, he was buried, and then he was resurrected. He was seen by many. He ascended back to heaven, and he's coming back to get those who believe in him. And then he's also coming to judge. And so... um we want to, because we love the other people who are made in 
His image. You know, all of us have been created in God's image. And may we love. We can't do it by ourselves or on our own because our flesh does not want to love anybody else but ourselves. But when we are compelled by that Holy Spirit, then the fruit of that Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and self-control. And uh, against these things, the Scripture says, there is no law. And so, oh, may we love, friends, as He has loved us. Blessings to you, friends. Until next time.